Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Absolutely Podcast. We're still here. We're still going. We know it's been a little bit of uh, an MIA situation with us, but there's been a lot going on. You heard in the last episode, Amelia is dealing with or was dealing with the whole mouse situation, but things are good. She's moved. I recently moved. Um, She's been bit bopping around the country. Things have just been really busy, but we're excited. Um, we're looking forward to doing some more episodes. And today we have a really great episode lined up. I'm sitting down with one of my close friends, Robin. Um, Robin is one of my really close female friends in the city. We met um, after I moved here and she is a really amazing person for me to look up to in terms of career. She's extremely career oriented, but she also does a really good job of balancing her social life, her mental health. And overall, I just wanted to have a conversation with her today to talk about kind of what it's like to be, you know, a woman who puts her career at the forefront and who also is really social and who has a dog and who is multifaceted human like the rest of us. And even though she is really career oriented, still, you know, has things she wants to achieve. She has goals. She has things she struggles with. So I thought this would be a really great episode to do with her just to kind of talk about what it's like to allow yourself to grow, to face challenges, to be career oriented and all things in between. So I'm really excited to have Robin here and let's get into it. Well, Robin, thanks for being here. Oh my God, thank you for having me. We're both feeling a little creative right now. Robin, tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, Um, my name is Robin. I have been living in San Francisco for two and a half years now, I think. Um, I work in strategic communications for like a little consulting firm. Um, working with like venture capital clients and tech companies and things like that. Um, outside of work, <laughs> she has the elevator pitch ready to go. Outside of work, I enjoy traveling, taking care of my dog. <laughs> I like to eat. Um, and I care a lot about health and fitness as well. Okay. Sometimes. Thank you for your elevator pitch. It's Thank like you. I just met you. Anytime. I have so many questions. Um, yeah, I think... You talked already about, I mean, in your little elevator pitch, you've been in San Francisco for two and a half years. How do you like it? Um, I love San Francisco. I yeah. definitely don't think it's where I went. Okay, not to slander San Francisco no. immediately off the bat. I love it. San Francisco. Definitely not where I'm going to be for the rest of my life because my goal is to move to New York after I pay off my student loans. But for the time being, I'm focusing on trying to build a community here while I am here to make the most of it. Um, and trying to build a good routine because I don't want to take San Francisco for granted while I am here. Yeah. Can you tell me more about how you balance that feeling of kind of knowing there might be something else that's different out there and then also practicing like gratitude and presence? You kind of just started talking about it, but I feel like there are so many of us who probably think about like, I want to do something in the future, but then you don't want to take right now for granted. I mean, we're really getting into this already, but I think a lot of people probably struggle with that. Yeah. Well, it's hard because I feel like we're all very future oriented. Like Mm. I'm always thinking about like the next goal, like, like I'll do good at work and then I'm like, okay, well, how do I get promoted? Like I always want to focus on the next thing. So it's really hard for me to be like trying to be more present and not always be focusing on what I want to do next. But like 
I try to think about it like I ended up in San Francisco for a reason and I don't want to have a bad attitude while I'm here, especially because we pay so much in rent. Like might as well have like a good time and like make the most of it. And like I also like with cities like New York will always be there and San Francisco will always be here. Like I can always move back if I don't like New York. Yeah. I just think like New York is where I'm going to end up at some point just because the career opportunities and like the the way culture is there I think fits me a little bit more but I just always try to think like I have a great job in San Francisco and like I got that for a reason like I'm very happy going into the office like I'm very happy with the friends that I've made here um and just kind of like my routine and like the life I've created for myself here so I don't ever want to look back and be like I had a bad attitude the entire time I was living in San Francisco just because I wanted to leave Um, And San Francisco is, I think, like, probably one of the greatest cities in the world. So it's very, I think it's, we live in an easy place to find fun things to do. Um, So definitely just trying to enjoy, enjoy enjoy it as much as possible while I'm here. I think that's a really good perspective. Because sometimes it can be difficult, like you said, being so future oriented. I like that. That's a good way to put it. Because I think that's how we feel. And I think we obviously constantly feel overwhelmed by the amount of choices we have to make where it's like oh I could just move to New York tomorrow right but I don't know if that would just make us happy probably not but I think it's great that you know because I don't know, there's a lot there yeah. to unpack well, sometimes when I like get annoyed with San Francisco like if things aren't like really going my way or like if I'm really bored here which sometimes happens I'm yeah. like I just want to leave right now and yeah. then I think about like all the things I would be leaving behind mm-hmm. and that would be a lot I think, like, in this phase of my life, I'm definitely meant to be here, at least for, like, the next, like, you know, two or three or four years. Um, And then, I don't know, I just kind of, once I decided that I'm going to have this attitude, it's been a lot easier for me every time I feel this way to be like, okay, no, I'll revisit that later. Like, right now I want to focus on this. And, like, San Francisco is so beautiful, so I always come back to, like, I'll never live in a city this beautiful again. Like, there's no other place where you can get, you know, mountains. You can drive to Tahoe. I, like, walk by the beach every day. Yeah, I think that's cool. So can you talk a little bit about, I mean, you moved here in what, 20 Early 2021. Early 2021. Yeah. Okay. So you kind of got here when things were pandemic-y still, very shut down. Um, how do you think it was moving here and then having things kind of open up? Because I know when we first moved to the city we we had ourselves a lot of fun in San Francisco do you feel like I don't know can you just talk a little bit about that and then maybe where you are now in terms of like social life career everything that's going on okay so I moved to San Francisco in early 2021 and I had graduated college in 2020 during the pandemic and the job offer that I had at the time got rescinded which I'm actually really glad about now um but I was I was living with my parents in Sacramento and I'm originally well, not from the East Bay, but went to high school in the East Bay. And then when I was in college, my parents moved just because it was more affordable. Um, And like during COVID, obviously there was no city that was really fun. But I think being in Sacramento, in a city where I didn't really know anyone, there's also not a lot of young people there. Um, And just being kind of cooped up at my parents' house with nowhere to go was really taking a toll on my mental health. Um, I needed to be West Coast based for work at the time. So... Um, one of my really good friends was living in San Francisco, Kate, and she was like, 
obviously still cooped up inside, but was definitely having way more fun than I was. Yeah. So she kind of like inspired me just to like get out of the house and like I had saved up enough money to move at that time. Um, so I ended up moving here. It was pretty strange in early 2021 just because everything was shut down. Like I had a WeWork pass for work just because I didn't always want to work at home. So my company would let me use their pass sometimes. Um, the buses were like completely empty both ways. Um, like especially Fight, I was very empty. Obviously I ended up meeting people like Elena through Kate, yeah. my friend, and we would like go out and like the bars were fine. Um, you had to like show a COVID vaccine card, which we don't have to do anymore. So it's like funny to look back and yeah. be like, we had to like wear masks until we got like, yeah. like when we were inside the bars and stuff. Um, and then what was the second part of your question? How it's like now? Yeah. Or, or like, I guess just, yeah, how it felt even being, I mean, we've talked about it before, like coming out of COVID or being kind of graduating school and stuff and becoming 21 and drinking and going out and stuff during COVID. And we, then we kind of went crazy yeah. in the city. And I don't know, just maybe. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was a big overcorrection after COVID because like. It's a polite way to <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I didn't turn 21 during COVID. Okay. Um, I turned I did, 21. <laughs> what, like 2019? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I turned Ooh, Right before then, because things. Yeah, if I'm yeah. in January baby so I had like a year and a couple okay, yeah, months yeah. but even though I didn't turn 21 during COVID like at my parents house obviously I didn't have friends there so yeah. I wasn't really going out and like doing fun things um yes yeah, so big course correction in 2021 when everyone was like everything is reopening yeah um I'm glad that happened though because I think we all needed to kind of get everything out of our system after yeah. being cooped up for a couple of years and I think especially as like young 20 somethings mm-hmm. like we didn't, I don't, I don't want to frame it as like we lost a year of our lives because I yeah. think that's very overdramatic and a very like privileged thing to say when we are all very healthy yeah. and like as far as I know none of us like faced any serious losses during COVID so I don't want to say like we lost a year of our lives. I think that's very overdramatic but we did miss out on a lot of fun things yeah. like I knew I didn't have a college graduation yeah. and like a lot of fun events that would normally happen at the age of 21, 22 didn't get to happen. Um, So I think it was healthy to get out of our systems for a little bit. I think now I am personally, of course, correcting back the other way to where like I, I'm trying to only drink once a week now Mm -hmm. just because especially with work. So backstory, now that I'm working in an office and we have a lot of clients in San Francisco or clients visiting San Francisco, we have so many like, work lunches and work drinks and then plus like we have very robust friend group that likes to go out on the weekends and like go out to dinner and things like that so it's very hard to maintain like a healthy balanced lifestyle when Mm -hmm. you have work drinks friend drinks you know yeah things like that so I think I'm kind of course correcting back in the other direction right now of well, okay. I, just, <laughs> ah, <laughs> I was for a while. Um, I think like November, December, January, I really like wasn't interested in drinking. Also, my mental health wasn't super great at the time. Um, but like, 
I mean, things shift and change. I think with the spring weather and stuff, I'm definitely like, oh, let's go out and like be crazy and have fun. And like, I'm back more in a in a mental state of mind where I want to be around people and meet new people all the time. I think in those winter months. I wasn't necessarily interested in, like, hanging out with anyone outside of my immediate group of friends, stuff like that. So, to summarize, went crazy during 2021, (laughs) course corrected to not really wanting to go out that much and drink, just because I feel like we were getting really tired of it, and, like, I feel like waking up hungover multiple days a week is a lot. Maybe once or twice is totally fine, but then also... I. Now I'm, like, back in the phase of wanting to have fun. But I do... I don't really want to drink a lot because it disrupts my sleep. And I just know that, like... Especially with work drinks, there's no point in having a drink or, like, getting drunk at a work event. Like, it doesn't provide you any gain at all. Um, So really just trying to, like, find a good balance there of, like, finding fun activities to do, getting out of the house on the weekdays... um, but not always, like, just getting drunk. Because I do feel like we default to, like, oh, let's go get drinks as, yeah. like... That's such a social thing, too, isn't yeah. it? When you meet someone new, it's like, oh, do you want to go get happy hour? Yeah. Or do you want to go, oh, my gosh, we get drinks this weekend, or let's go to brunch. It's such a normal thing to invoke drinking as yeah. a social situation. Interesting. <laughs> we do do that. <laughs> no, but I think, too, I like that you said... I don't know what you said, but you said something in there about how I think it's okay to be like, oh, I'm course correcting and then say, well, maybe not. We have so much duality in our lives, I think. And we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be one thing, to say, I'm not drinking right now. And then when we do have a drink or we go out and have fun, not only are we criticizing ourselves or like feeling hungover, but then we're judging ourselves for the fact that we did something we said we weren't going to do, when in reality... We're changing and doing different things every day. Exactly. And it's like you said, even with the seasons, at different seasons of your life, you need different things. Yeah. So I think that's just a healthy reminder. If anyone's listening and you're like, oh, I just put myself in a box or I put too much pressure on myself, I think just know things will come and go and you can change your mind on things and decide one weekend that you want to stay in and the next weekend that you want to go out. And you don't have to define yourself as somebody who never goes out or define yourself as a party animal. You can just be whatever you want to do and do whatever you want to do. And that's okay. Yeah, I you like know? that. And I think it is important, like, if you, like, promise yourself you're not going to drink sure. for X amount of days, yeah. it's important to, like, you know, test your willpower yeah. and see if you can do it. But, like, I don't think there should be any shame in mm-hmm. in wanting to go out mm-hmm. or, like, wanting to stay in. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's... I always feel like there's two different camps obviously there are so many people in between but I feel like on social media I follow a lot of influencers that are like health and wellness girlies like we don't want to we don't go out like Mm -hmm. all this stuff and I also follow like Alex Earl and people like that (laughs) that love going out so it's I feel like I just see both ends of the spectrum I think everyone should know that there is a way to do both like you can be a Pilates, like, green juice girl and, like, go to a rave on the weekends. Yeah. Like You are. That yeah. is Robin. Robin is a 7 a.m. Robin? Well, I'll check her location and she's at some random place and on her Snapchat story, it's just blasting lights and music and DJs. And then the next morning, I run into her at Rumble at 7 a.m. And I'm like, wait, how do you do that? Yeah. And on top of that, you have a kick-in career. 
do. And yeah, Robin, I feel like you are someone who is very, very career oriented. Yeah. And I think a lot of, I I don't want to say a lot of us because I don't want to speak for anyone else, but I care very much about, you know, my, my career and doing well in life. But I think I, well, rephrase, I care really, I care a lot, a lot of different things. And I think some of my more important passions to me lie outside of maybe my nine to five. I do care about my nine to five. I do a good job. I want to do really well. I care about my coworkers, but I think there are a lot of other things that drive me. And so I think it's really refreshing to be around like a strong, independent woman who just wants to kick ass in your career. But you also, not to say you don't have other things going for you because you do, but I guess just how does it feel to know that you want to make your career an extremely important part of your life? Yeah, I feel like it's been kind of an interesting journey balancing wanting to be career driven with wanting to have other aspects of my life. Um, Because I feel like I've always like just the way my parents instilled values in me and like through college and stuff, I've always had a very strong work work ethic, like no matter what I was doing, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, And then ended up finding like a career field that like I really love. Like I've loved like the work I do at both jobs that I've had. So background for the podcast is I work, I think I said this already, but I work in strategic communications, basically like um, helping companies in like finance and tech, like tell, tell certain narratives to the public or like tell their stories. Um, Sometimes on the more reactive end, dealing with crisis situations that come up and helping them navigate like sticky situations with like regulators or, you know, market volatility and things like that um but yeah I think it's very easy for me to put career above all else just because of like the work ethic that I've developed like I've always had a job since I was like 16 um and my my mom especially is like very always like drilled into me like your career is very important um I think in the past year I would say though I've I got a new job in May of 2022 that like really allotted me a lot of more free time and I've kind of been realizing like it's not healthy to only focus on your career. I love my career and like that is what drives me the most and I want to be really good at it and I think like I want to work really hard and I kind of want to like bend the universe. Someone told me that phrase the other day like I want to make a huge impact on like the companies I work with. I love that. And like the people I work with like that's definitely what drives me the most but I think in order to do that I need other things outside of work yeah to make my life more well-rounded um and I've kind of realized like it's more about the strategic thinking and like the creative thoughts not really creative but the the quality of the thoughts that I bring rather than like oh let me work until midnight yeah if that makes sense so I think in the past year especially, I've really discovered, like, having a lot of things outside of work that I care about is actually helping me become a better career-driven mm. person, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, like, when I was working all the time, I started off in a remote role where just the the type of work I did required me to work pretty late at night and stuff. Yeah. I think now that I am more, you know, ending at five and, like, I'm more out in the world, I'm actually getting better because it's, like, when I see people... I can get thoughts from like our friends like I 
I learn more about other people's worldview and it's easier for me to like go back to work and be like, I know how so many other people think and this is how they're going to like perceive this message that we're talking about. Or like even like with speaking. So one of my goals this year is to become a lot better at public speaking and presentation. It's like when I'm like out in the world and like meeting new people and stuff, like you naturally develop that skill of Mm -hmm. like conversation. Yeah. And like soft skills in the workplace are so important. Like I can read and write and like do PowerPoint as much as I want, but I think soft skills are something that you don't really build in the workplace. It's something you build outside of the workplace and then bring back to the office. So I think the past year just like, developing a good routine outside of work has helped me a lot more like I definitely feel a lot more confident going to work knowing that I have things outside of work that are bringing value to my life if that makes sense yeah I think that's so healthy that's a good perspective too to say you know yeah I kick ass and I really care about my career but I also and I think that was something not to not finish my thought but I think that's something else that COVID kind of revealed about the universe right or the world is that I think so many people stopped to actually look at their lives and see what makes them happy. And I think that was when there was kind of a huge like schism in the workforce where people said, okay, yes, I care about my career, but there are other things that, you know, make me happy and that I can't spend my whole time in an office doing this when, you know, COVID, I think kind of really made us all reconsider a lot of our priorities. Yeah, definitely. But I think that that's a really good perspective. Okay. So What's your corporate goal? What's like your one-year corporate goal? And then what's your 20-year corporate goal? Okay. My one-year, I really want to like do more leadership opportunities. Mm -hmm. I think that's the one thing um, I'm lacking a little bit. I think in my position right now, leadership opportunities are not just like handed to me. Like I kind of have to go find them and like create them by myself, um, which isn't something I'm used to. I think I am a good leader, but... I just haven't had the initiative so far to, like, find that niche for myself to Mm -hmm. be, like, let me mentor younger employees or whatever. Um, And also public speaking and presentations I want to get good at. I think five years down the line, like, I would be totally fine working for the same company. I really like the company I'm at now. Love Um, that. Yeah. I have so much fun, like, going to work every day, which is great. Yeah. It's, like, I I just, like, enjoy my day-to-day life. Um... But I think in five years, like, I want to be a very, like, well-trusted advisor, if that makes Ooh. sense. Like, because I work for a consultancy, so it's, like, multiple companies come to us for help. Yeah. And, like, I want it to be someone that people, like, really trust in giving advice. And, like, I want to be mm-hmm. able to, like, speak with a lot of confidence and, like, bring my own ideas to the table. I think, right, as a younger employee, all the, like, I feel like it's very common where... You feel like you kind of have to ask people, is this okay to say? Like, am I on the right direction? In five years, I want to, like, confidently be like, this is what you need to do. And I want to bring, like, very impactful, like, world-changing ideas. Regardless of if I'm at the same company or not. Because I feel like one day I will leave and work for, like, in-house at a company. But I want to be able to come up with those ideas on my own and feel very confident in them when advising. And I also do want to say, like, I love my job now. I Obviously, things change, and I might not like it in five yeah. years. So I don't want to pigeonhole myself into yeah. staying in this career field forever. Yeah. Um, because I feel like one day I could wake up and be like, wait, I want to change courses and, or, you know, 
go to a different field or something. Yeah. But I think if I do stay in my field for now, that would be a really great place to be in. Yeah. In five years. Can you talk about, for anyone that, again, for anyone that doesn't know, so you majored in sports management yes. in college. Yes. And I feel like something we heard a lot, at least I took a weird design your life class in college, and we talked a ton about how, I don't know the statistic anymore, but there's a bunch of people who will major in something. We put so much pressure on ourselves in college to figure out what we want to do with our whole entire lives. You major in something, and I don't remember the number, but a ton of people who major in something choose a completely different career path than what they major in. And we, but yet we still put so much pressure on ourselves and we put pressure on our 20 year old youth to know what they want to do and to figure it out and to pick a major, whatever. I mean, how did you fall into, I guess you didn't fall into it, but how did you end up in this kind of strategy consulting world of things? Yeah. Well, I majored in sports management because like I had grown up always being an athlete. And Mm -hmm. so I was really interested in the business of sports. Yeah. Plus it was like really easy, honestly. Um, and when I was like 18, I was not very academic minded, Mm -hmm. which is interesting to think about now because I am so career driven. Mm -hmm. So I think there was a big shift there. Um, but I picked that major just like for funsies kind of, and it was like for the hot guys. (laughs) Honestly, that too. (laughs) And it was like fine. Like, you know, I was like decent at school. Didn't really care that much. Um, and I worked in, I worked for like our sports broadcasting department on like the back end. So I did like content creation and would help people like edit videos and stuff. Um, didn't really like love it, but like it was a part-time job and it was fun. It's more Mm -hmm. fun than the waitressing job I had. So of course I was like, Oh, this is great. Yeah. Um, and then after college, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, it was still like interest, like, I think I kind of lost interest for sport once I realized, like, the career paths that you can yeah. go on. I was interested in the business of it as, like, an 18-year-old. And then by the time I graduated, I was like, I'm not interested in working in, like, ticket sales or, like, sponsorships and stuff. That mm-hmm. doesn't appeal to me. And I did a couple of internships and stuff, so I got the sense that I would not have fun. Yeah. Um, so I was, like, thinking a lot about what I like to do and what I didn't like to do, particularly what I didn't like to do. Um, and I had, like, met a couple of people that were, like, working in D.C., like, on the Hill as staffers. So I did an internship. At this point, I was literally just testing out to see what yeah. I like and what I don't like, which I think is a very important thing to do mm-hmm. when you're young. Um, so I did an internship in political campaign, like, fundraising and consulting. So in that, I would do a lot of research on, like, what constituents in like a certain area would care about so when a like candidate was going to campaign there and he knew like this really rich person was here like what does that rich person care about that's going to force him to like donate money to me and I was like interesting yeah it was like it was a cool job I'm really glad I did it I was really good at the research part yeah um and then from there I didn't really know what to do so I was like how do I combine the sports media stuff with like this research like political type job and then um, was just looking on LinkedIn and found my my first agency that I worked for and like the job skills kind of matched like research writing and I realized like communications is something where you can combine so many different fields yeah. like like both firms that I've worked at have had clients in sports like clients in like the political sphere you know literally every industry so it kind of doesn't matter what your background is it's more about like your research skills your writing skills like how good you are at like 
creating something from data that you're given. So I applied, got the job. Um, I'm actually very grateful for my first agency experience. Like that, my first agency experience was very crisis and finance oriented. So I learned really quickly about like, you know, being on your toes, like responding quickly, making sure people know when you're available and when you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, I was living in San Francisco and then a partner at my current firm sent me a message on LinkedIn. It was like, hey, like we're a firm here in San Francisco. Like, I think you would be a really great fit here. Um, it took me a really long time to kind of come around to the idea. Like, we had like three or four phone calls before I agreed to interview, but I think I think I was very serious about finding a good fit mm-hmm. um, because I have had jobs that were not the best fit before. So we had like a lot of conversations about like the type of work, what the day-to-day looks like and things like that. And then ended up interviewing, getting the job. And now I'm at my current agency, Yay. which is the best. We went to um, get our cards read and the lady told Robin she would get a new job. And yeah. it happened. Yeah, so. everything she said has come true. Yeah, I think that's true, for sure. Yeah. And it came true for a lot of us, so. Yeah. I'm a believer. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Watching our friend group come on in. No, I think that's that's an important reminder too, though. And I think what I, I liked what she said about how part of it was figuring out more what you didn't like yeah. than what you actually did like. Because we try one thing and we're like, oh, that's fine. I like it enough. And then we get so deep in it. And then you realize, I don't actually like that. Yeah. And then you kind of don't know what to do. Because there's so many possibilities. So I like that. I mean, if anyone young is listening. Or if you're our age and you're trying to just figure it out. I think just trying a lot of different things to figure out what you like. And and then you pooled together kind of the things and the skills that really interest you. I think that's a really good way to do it. To say, okay, these are the skills that I really think that I have. These are the things I really like doing. How can I combine all of those things together to find something that I could be really good at? And yeah. that could really interest me. Cause exactly. It's just kind of like finding like the highlight reel of like, this is what I really enjoy doing. And this is like where yeah. I want to take it. But I like, I do feel like, your college major doesn't matter yeah. as long as you're working in a more soft skill area. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, for engineers and yeah. scientists or whatever, it's extremely important. Mm-hmm. But I do think that having a good college and a good major will give you a leg up in the first couple of years of your career. I think after that, it doesn't matter. So, like, I I didn't struggle to get my first job at all. Like, obviously, it was a challenging interview process yeah. and stuff. Um, but it's, you know, I was fine. I do think I noticed like people who go to like really good schools. Like I went to a public school in Texas, like people who go to like private schools and major in like more relevant areas, I think have a little bit of a leg up and like maybe a little bit of like, it just makes a bit more sense for them to go into certain fields. But I've kind of realized like after you get to like two or three years, in your field like it honestly doesn't matter yeah. what you majored in or no like one's where asking you your went. GPA. yeah like most people don't even know where I went to college and no one has ever asked me yeah so I do like think it's important for people if you are feeling bad that like oh my god I didn't go to like an Ivy League school yeah. or whatever like that actually doesn't matter people people notice your work ethic and your work product once you're in the career more than they notice your background I think it's just getting your foot in the door is what's like 
the struggle for most people. Yeah. Do you have, do you feel like you face any challenges being a woman in your field? I am like really lucky in the sense that communications is very like 50, 50 woman, man. My old agency was actually more women. It was like 60, 40. So I've been very lucky so far to have like really great, like women mentors and so many people to look up to. I will say like, of course there are certain fields that are more male dominated. Like I was in a meeting about like a venture capital firm and it was me and like a bunch of 40 year old men. And I was like, what, what the hell am I doing? Luckily the people from my firm are very inclusive and call on me to talk and give me a lot of space to share my ideas, like both like the men and women. So I didn't feel intimidated in that situation. I I think if you're in a different field and it's not the same culture, obviously much scarier. I think the one thing that I have noticed, regardless of like what work environment I'm in, is that women are judged a lot more on their behavior, like their attitude Mm. and their personality than men are. Yeah. So like, for example, I have stopped, I got really good career advice at my first job that was to stop using so many exclamation marks and emails because men don't. Yeah. And I think as women, we're pressured to be like, exclamation mark. here's this deliverable. Like, let us know if you need anything else. And like, this girl I was talking to, she was like, why are you doing this? Because men don't do it. And we do it every day. Like, why do you think you have to talk differently than a man? Yeah. And I think... That's something that I've been working on, and I do think sometimes it makes me come off, like, more pass not passive-aggressive, yeah. but I do think the perception is a little bit different. Like, um, I got feedback at a previous position that was like, oh, Robin's work is always high quality and is always on time, but sometimes she doesn't seem to be super happy, and I was like, a man, like, people yeah. are only, I feel like people kind of only noticed my happiness level because they expect women to be very bubbly and like yeah. fun in the workplace. Um, and I feel like no matter where you are, like I work in a great culture now, I still do feel like not pressured, but kind of, I definitely do feel like there are a bit more eyes on me when I say something more critical and don't use exclamation marks, yeah. if that makes sense. Like if I'm giving constructive criticism to someone yeah. and I'm like, Hey, this wasn't like the best use of your time, whatever, like, can you please, you know, fix this document this way or, you know, make these changes? I feel like when I don't use exclamation marks and smiley faces, people are kind of like, oh, like mm. that's a bit aggressive. Obviously yeah. no one has said that to me and I work in a very nice place now yeah. to where like, you know, all types of behavior are welcome. But I do kind of subconsciously feel like that is a thing. Mm-hmm. People, like I feel like as a woman and any field you're kind of always pressured to be nice yeah even when you don't want to be and I don't think men have that same pressure at all because when men give feedback on documents and they don't use exclamation marks like no one questions them yeah um so I think I think that's like the biggest difference that I've noticed yeah what advice would you have to somebody maybe who's Let's say someone walks in to interview at your company and you have two minutes before to just give them some advice. And it's like a young girl yeah, who, you know, is a little nervous. She's really smart. She's really, you know, you just have a couple minutes and she says like, can you just hype me up? What would you say? Yeah. I mean, or I guess to any girl who's starting a career. Yeah. I think like people, like people notice more than you think, um, 
I feel like a lot of times women kind of feel like they're being taken for granted and they're like, I work so hard and don't get recognition, which is obviously true. But I will say like, if you do have a hard, like a really good work ethic, people will, people, okay, people should take notice. They don't always, unfortunately, but I do think like, even though the corporate world is obviously skewed towards men, people notice more than you think. Obviously, I've been lucky to have women-dominated yeah. workplaces, so my situation is a bit different, but people have always, like, noticed my work ethic, even when I feel like it's not going unnoticed. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think, like, honestly, like, fake it till you make it is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have all the answers. Obviously, I'm 25. Like, yeah. I can't advise a client. Like, I'm not, like, some crazy genius or anything, but I feel like... I think you're a genius. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but I feel like even just... Like, saying, I don't know the answer now, but I'll get back to you tomorrow. Yeah. Or, like, confidently saying, just, like, presenting your ideas in a very confident manner, people will believe them, like, 90% of the time. I mean, that's how, like, politicians do everything. They just act with confidence, and everyone is like, oh, my God, amazing, even when it's the worst idea ever. Um, And obviously, it's a very hard thing to say, because it's hard to act confident, especially if you're the only woman in a room, or, like, the only person of color in a room. So I do want to, like, caveat that. But I think, like, honestly, faking confidence and honestly just, like, putting a lot of, like, weight behind your ideas, if that makes sense. Like, if you really believe what you're saying, so will other people. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a good piece of advice. I like that. What, What advice would you give or what would you ask of somebody who's, you know, a woman a few years into her career like me, what would you say, hey, like, how can you, how can I uplift other women in my company who are maybe just starting? I feel like... Or to men. What could people who are, you know, in an established position in their company do? Like, let's yeah. say you just started at your first day at your company. Yeah. How could people have made you feel more included or better or whatever? Yeah, I mean, again, my company now is so focused on inclusivity which is really amazing so I don't think I had any issues there I kind of think like just in general honestly like more candid feedback Mm. if that makes sense because when you're first entering your career you don't know if like the emails you're sending are you know normal or like if that's how everyone else is talking um sometimes I wish obviously getting negative feedback sucks but sometimes I wish there was like a little birdie on my shoulder being like do do this like don't do this or like hey like the way you presented yourself in this email was like not not like serving you talk you know speak a different way next time um but I think in terms of like inclusion what my like my company is really great like inclusion goals and stuff like we work really hard to like source candidates from underrepresented backgrounds and like people like leaders at my company are always like going to events where there are students from you know not top tier schools so they can get you know a wider background of people so I think that's really important um I think just like day-to-day in the workplace like giving people a space and a voice like even though we're very young I feel like our generation is very like powerful and has especially with diversity inclusion has a lot of really good ideas um and I feel like the people that are in charge now are, you know, predominantly male and predominantly white. I feel like if they give people our age and, like, people of color and women 
space to share their ideas. I think that's like a huge thing. It's the bare minimum, but unfortunately not a lot of companies do it. So I feel like if any leaders are out here listening, I think that's just like the first step to creating like a more inclusive environment and like making sure you consult people of all ages and like of all backgrounds on like new policies and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I like that. That's really good. Thanks for sharing. Um, Question, do you have, well, I guess, what do you think your like top three strengths are in your corporate position? Ooh. Um, I guess in life too, but yeah, you know, I think I'm very adaptable mm-hmm. in both corporate America and in life. Like I think certain clients require in, in work, certain clients, you know, require a different manner of speaking or like a different manner of presenting things to them. And I think I'm very good at adapting to other people's style, if that makes sense. And like, I think even in normal life, I'm good at like adapting to like different friend groups or like, you know, different people that I'm around. Yeah. Um, not adapting in the sense that I like lose my sense of self, no. but just like being able to like, you know, change what I'm talking about or yeah. things like that. Um, I think, ooh, I think like, honestly, just my work ethic has gotten me very far, even though like, so far in my career. Yeah. Um, and I think that's, like, a huge strength, just, like, just, like, learning to be, like, motivated and, you know, always on my toes and things like that. Um, I don't know what my third one is. Maybe at work, like, writing. I feel like I'm very good at presenting ideas on paper. Um, I would like to get a little bit better at doing it verbally. But I think... Yeah, I do think I'm a very good writer, which helps me a lot at work. I love that. You are a good writer. Robin edits my text messages before I send any risky texts. I'm like, Robin, can I send this? And then yeah. she sends back an edited copy. She says, she says, hold on real quick. Let me manage your crisis. We have a joke that anytime any of us have a crisis, Robin will manage it. Um, okay, what are, if you don't mind sharing, because I think a lot of us question ourselves a lot. Do you have any kind of insecurities or questions or concerns like nag in the back of your head about your capabilities ever um if you don't fuck it up all the time (laughs) okay can you talk a little bit about those yeah i feel like i i have a very harsh Mm self-talk if that makes sense yeah so and i think this is part of being very like future oriented um i'm always like you know, when I get feedback on a document, even if it's not bad, I'm like, well, how can I do it better next time? Or like, sometimes I'm 25 and I'm still in like a pretty entry level role. So sometimes I'm like, why, like, why am I still here when I'm 25? And like most people in my position are like 23, maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like in general, I think, I don't, I'm not like a super anxious person, but I do get, I do have like a very, I'm very hard on myself, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, I think in the past, like, year, honestly, is when it's gotten a lot, uh, it's gotten a lot more manageable, I think. I think part of it is because I'm focusing on things outside of work. Um, but even in social life, sometimes I'll, like, leave, like, a party or something, like, oh my god, I was being so weird, like, why was I doing that? No one else notices, is what you have to remember. Literally, no one is paying as much attention to you as you think. Yeah. Even though, like, 
I know we all think we're like little celebrities in our head. No one gives a fuck about what you yeah. say and do. Um, and just kind of reminding myself, like, even though I thought, like, there, I went to a work thing a couple of months ago, and I was just like super anxious that week. Like, I don't really know what was going on, and I left, and I like remember texting like some of my friends, being like, "Oh my god, like I was acting so weird, like all this stuff." And then I was talking to my manager the next day, and she was like, "Did you meet anyone cool?" And I was like, "Yeah, I met like four or five people." Like, I don't really, like, feel that, like, great. And she was like, well, four is more than most people. Like, most people only met, like, one or two. So I was like, okay, like, no one, no one noticed. Obviously, I wasn't acting weird enough for someone to, like, raise an alarm, you know? Like, if it was bad, like, yeah, like, if it was bad, I would have heard about it. Like, and, like, even socially, like, I've sometimes will leave events and I'm like, oh, my God, like, I wasn't, like, being, like, engaging or, like, wasn't you know, being normal, yeah. no one notices. And, like, the when that happens, like, the people I'm hanging out with, like, have invited me to hang out again, so mm-hmm. I know it wasn't that bad. You know, yeah. I think you just kind of have to, like, take a step back. And, first of all, anxiety is okay. Like, mm-hmm. I, I always, like, beat myself up when I am feeling anxious, and I'm like, no, like, I shouldn't be like this. That's, like, not healthy. Like, I think mm-hmm. we need to be more accepting of feelings like that, yeah. but also at the same time, like, take time to be upset but at the end of the day like nothing matters not to be cynical (laughs) like no one is noticing when you're acting weird yeah if someone is noticing you would know like it's not like i think we create these little like worlds in our own heads where Mm -hmm. we're like oh like everything revolves around me and i said one really weird sentence you know everyone thinks i'm like a freak yeah that's not that's not how the world works yeah i think you have to take a like just like zoom out a little bit yeah big picture yeah big picture and like even at work like when i feel very like self-critical like i try to think back and i'm like look like i like my job Mm -hmm. 99.9% of the time obviously like no job is without conflict Mm -hmm. yeah but like i like my job like i make enough money to live which again is a very privileged like position to be in but like I'm not, like, I have everything I need. Yeah. So even if something isn't going my way at the time, it's like, you just kind of have to be like, okay, well, my needs are met. Yeah. Like, I'm fine. And just kind of remind yourself of that, which, again, I do want to caveat, like, some people aren't as privileged and don't have stable incomes. And, of course, like, I'm sure that comes with significantly more burdens And I'm not saying, like, this advice is not applicable because, like, you know, I can't, yeah, I can't put myself in those people's shoes. But I think for someone in my position or a similar position, just, like, looking at the big picture and being like, I have everything I need. Like, yeah, I said something weird, but, like, there's always next time. Yeah. And, like, if I'm doing the best I can, like, I will get promoted one day Mm -hmm. and, like, I will, like, learn all these skills and stuff. Like, it doesn't need to always be, like, right now. If that yeah. makes sense. Like, I don't need to be in my next step right now. That's the whole point of it being a next step. Is yeah. like, I have a few months or a few years to get there. Yeah. I think that reframing is really important and healthy. And I think all of us have these insecurities or kind of these things that poke in our heads, but we try so hard to act like we don't. And then nobody... And then you assume that no one else thinks that way. And then you think that you're weird. And then on top of, again, like, feeling these things, then you judge yourself for feeling them. And then you shame yourself and think that you're different or you're, 
you know, behind everybody else or you compare yeah. yourself and where you are in life to other people. And in reality, I think we all struggle. So yeah. thank you for sharing that even as someone who is very successful in your career and as someone yeah. who is confident in your abilities, you still have moments of doubt yeah. because we all have that. Yeah. And like another example. So I like really freak out when I make like mistakes mm-hmm. in my mind, mistakes at work. So yeah. like when someone... When my document needs a lot of edits, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, this must have been awful. Yeah. Like, if people are, you know, changing all of my sentences. Yeah. And stuff like that. And, like, at work, like, I was, I think, I I am very self-aware of my, mm-hmm. like, performance reviews and things like that. But I was, like, pretty sure I was, like, going to get improvements on, like, you need to improve on X, Y, Z. I got really great feedback. Mm. And I was, like... I it kind of made me realize like I am so much more harsh on myself than everyone yeah. else is because like I was thinking in my head I was like oh my gosh everyone's gonna say like I'm not good at obviously no one would say that but people are people yeah. would say that I need to improve on like my people managing skills or like my project management skills or my writing skills and I got really good feedback on all three of those Ooh. areas so I was like I am literally the only person that's yeah. like you're not good at this yeah. everyone else thinks I'm great so it like kind of helped me just be like yeah I'm not always right yeah like my monologue is not always like the truth yeah and I think that's an important note I mean you touched on feedback earlier and how it can be really helpful to provide feedback to people honestly and I think that that's so applicable because when we when you know you got feedback in those moments when your document needs editing or whatever and you take that as oh my gosh you know it was must have been horrible to read but the people who are investing that energy in you want you to be better. Yeah. Like when you get feedback, yeah, it might sting a little bit because you're like, oh, they didn't like the way that I did something, but it's all a part of your growing and your learning. And I think that's applicable in your career and in life. Like feedback yeah. for your friends, feedback for people in your life, just being like, hey, you know, and it's scary to do yeah. because it's hard to tell someone that maybe you don't like something that they're doing or you, it's hard to tell someone that you would want them to change something. And I think do it in a kind way. But I think feedback's really important. And, it, and it's important to remember that people who are taking the time to give you that feedback are people who care about your growth and trajectory. Yeah, yeah like it's way better to say something because like even if... So transitioning from work to friendship, even if like your friendship or relationship isn't going to continue, like my therapist was telling me one time, like not to bring up dating because I don't want to spend a lot of time on this topic... Yeah. But my therapist told me one time that, like, instead of ghosting people, you need to give them feedback because Mm -hmm. that's going to shape how they treat the next person, if that makes sense. Which, like, again, I don't want to spend more than, like, three minutes on dating because it's not, it's not going well and I'm not interested in talking about it. (laughs) No, for con, I I have to share. I'll share it subtly. But Robin went, Robin sent someone a text, which was so kind of her. To tell them, hey, this isn't gonna work out, and it was the yes. it was the best, it was really funny text ever. She wrote, hey, I don't think I want to see you, and then put in addition, and then like <laughs> laid it on him, but not in a mean way, yeah. in a genuinely helpful yeah. way that was like, hey, you spent our date talking about something that I wasn't interested yeah, that in, I was not comfortable with, yeah. but that was big for me because normally I would just ghost. Yeah, I think I'm working. I think this is also part of becoming more confident is mm. like speaking your mind and like it's so much more comfortable for me to just never speak to that person again yeah i think 
part of being confident is being able to again share feedback mm-hmm. and like own it yeah so I just kept thinking like about my therapist who would always say like well you shouldn't ghost because you need to give people feedback on like how to treat the next person mm-hmm. and like I think it's almost nicer because if I had yeah, ghosted that man would probably keep doing yeah. what he was doing I think now that I've told him, he he has the option to keep doing it, but he also has the option to not do it because he knows it turns girls off. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, it does. Yeah. And I think that's just true about confidence in general, right? As we grow up, we become more sure of ourselves and what we deserve and our opinions. And it's it's kind of a whole process, I think. But yeah, I like that a lot. I think that's such a good way to look at feedback and, and comfort. I'm such a conflict avoidant and I have been my whole life and I'm really working in the last few months even to be able to tell people things that I think they actually need to hear. I spent my whole life just agreeing with people or kind of supporting whatever they believe and I'm finally in a stage where I think I can say like, I love you friend or I love you whatever, but like until you do something different nothing's going to change or I actually don't agree with that but if you choose to do that I support you and I think there's a lot of power in in being honest and and providing people with your opinion in a kind way of course um but I think that's so much more beneficial than to say oh there's nothing wrong or whatever because like let's say I don't know we just pretend that things are fine and then we get so frustrated with someone for not changing their behavior that then we push them away. We're like, I don't want to be friends with them anymore because they do this and it's so annoying. Yeah. But then I'm like, how many people have I pushed away in my life because I've been too afraid or too uncomfortable to tell them something when in reality you're giving them feedback. Yeah. It's like, it's the brave thing to do to tell someone stuff like that because like, it's so easy to do everything you can to be the most well-liked person ever. Like, I feel like there are a lot of people and like, I've definitely been like this at points in my life where I'm like, I don't want anyone to dislike me. Like, I don't want any like enemies or whatever. I think it's way more true to yourself to not hang out with people you don't want to hang out with, which is kind of a hard lesson to learn because like, of course you want to be friends with everyone. Like you want to like hang out with every friend group and like, be buddies with everyone. Be invited to things. Exactly. Be included. Be you want to feel liked. Yeah. I you want to be non-confrontational. You want to be a. You want to be. Oh, she's chill. She's a cool girl. Yeah. Exactly. And then, like, when you really, I think, when you get to a place when you're like, well, wait, I wouldn't even want to be invited back. Yeah. I wouldn't have fun there. Yeah. And like, you start learning to say no to things. Mm-hmm. I think that's a huge step. Yeah. Like. I think. A few years ago, I definitely, like, would never say no to, like, going to a party yeah. or, like, hanging out with, like, literally anyone. Yeah. Now I'm old enough to, like, there are some people that, like, I don't enjoy hanging out with them. They don't have to be my enemy, of yeah. course, but, like, I don't enjoy hanging out with everyone on this planet. Yeah. Like, I don't need to spend my time, like, going to parties or, like, going to dinner with people that I know I'm not going mm-hmm. to have fun at. Like, why yeah. would I spend my time and money doing that when I could, you know be cordial from a distance I don't yeah. I don't need to be besties with everyone and no. I think that's like a huge lesson that you learn in your 20s especially some like is that you don't like need to be friends with everyone and like sometimes it's it's scary to not be well liked yeah but it's way better for your mental health in the long run and like honestly like braver yeah to be like I don't need to be everyone's friend like that's yeah. not I'm not interested in that yeah 
I love that. And I think I've been really in that journey the last few months too. And I think a huge part of that is self-love and self-trust and self-confidence. And that was, I did this whole like 2023 manifestation or 2023 like year reflection and choosing things that I wanted for myself in this year. Yeah. And my words that I picked were like over, it, it was this whole thing where you put words down and eventually you like circled the words that were the biggest and you use the most. Mm-hmm. And my kind of mantra for this year was like overflowing with love with self-love and self-confidence and that was my mantra for this year and there's a lot of stuff that goes into that but I think when you know more about who you are and you enjoy yourself and trust yourself and are kind to yourself and you know can be alone that's when it's like I would rather be alone or doing something that I genuinely enjoy than being around a group of people that I don't actually like yeah and when you can I think have those realizations it's it's so impactful and I think it's like wow I'm really proud of myself for that and there's no judgment for anyone who is still figuring that out or who just loves being invited to things if you do I was just there literally a few months ago I would do anything I would drop anything to go be invited to things I would change my personality to fit in with certain groups like you said earlier adaptable I think I am very adaptable but I think I took it a step further I think there's a line of being adaptable and being able to like talk to whoever you want yeah. versus like really sacrificing your like yeah. beliefs and values. Yeah. But I feel like um like self-trust is a very interesting concept. Um cuz I feel like I am lucky like I'm an only child so I've always liked being alone. Yeah. Like I'm honestly like very hyper independent. Being alone. Yeah, literally I'm like don't touch <laughs> and avoid me. An yeah. so <laughs> no, say, we're not going there right we're now. Not about but yeah, I'm like very like hyper independent. Like I like being alone. I think the one thing that you were just talking about yeah. that I have struggled a lot with is self trust. Mm-hmm. So like I don't care if I'm alone. Like yeah. I'm an only child. I can do yeah. whatever I want by myself. Yeah. I think self trust is like a new concept to me that I've been learning about. Mm. And I was watching this like start on TikTok and then I was like reading more about it. Um but someone was saying like we are very inclined to like outsource our decisions to other people and yeah. I do this all the time like with the stupidest things too yeah. like I'll talk to my friends and be like like we do this what a lot I do? in our group chat yeah. we do this a lot yeah. and it's not, to do it's it not unhealthy no. pers- like I don't want to be like you should never no. ask your friends for advice but I think it my my default has like when I you know when I'm surrounded by like a great group of friends yeah my default is always to be like okay like should I do this or this mm-hmm. like what should I do about you know dating this person versus this person like what yeah. should I do about do I want to like break up with this guy or not like should yeah. I wear this outfit or this outfit yeah. like should I ask my manager about this problem or this problem yeah. and I like outsource so many of my decisions to other people and like get feedback from other not feedback but, like get other people's thoughts yeah that I'm not always thinking about my own like what I want to do yeah. um this TikTok that I was watching was saying like you need to s- to not stop because I don't think I think some decisions do warrant it but I think the TikTok I was watching was saying like you instead of asking should I do this or this to my friends make the decision first Mm -hmm. on your own and that's how you like learn to trust yourself and like trust your own decision making I mean I think all of our friends are very sound decision Mm -hmm. makers like we are all very like we're capable yeah we are all very well-rounded very capable um but I do think it's very easy to be like, oh my god, like, should I, yeah. should I, like, date this guy or this, like, yeah. what should I do about this? Well, I think for me, everything you said is spot on. And I think for me, what I do in those moments is 
Like, I know I'm capable of making a decision. It's because I want validation. Yeah. I want to feel understood, and I want to know that all my friends would do the same thing if they were in my position, because then I feel like, because I trust you guys, and I know you're all very, again, like you just said, we have an amazing group of friends Mm -hmm. who are very smart, very capable, very well-rounded. And I do want, like, everyone's advice in a lot of situations. Like, I think... Like, having... I'm very grateful for, like, the advice that, like, our friends do give. Um, But, yeah, I... Like, we definitely... At least I am trying to work on... Especially for, like, petty things. Obviously, if it was a big life decision, of course I trust my inner circle to, like, provide guidance and advice. But I think for, like, stupid things that don't really matter that much... Yeah. Like, I think I would... I'm trying to work on just thinking about it myself. Like, what do I want to do? Like, what path do I personally want to take before I put the request out to the group to be like, what should I do about this? Well, I think it's so easy too with social media and stuff to look at what everyone else is doing, like with fashion, with traveling. And I think some of that's good. I think having inspiration and access to information and, you know, I think that's amazing. But I also think at the end of the day, we know what we want and we have to figure out what makes us happy because if everyone else just disappeared you know, I think our, our decisions around certain things and the way that we approach certain things would change a lot. Like, do I actually like doing this or do I yeah. like doing this because everyone else likes doing this? Does it actually, is, is this actually healthy for me or does it drain my energy? And I think once you can kind of start sorting through that, I listened, so Jay Shetty did his new book, The Eight Rules of Love. <laughs> In one of the episodes, he talks about exactly what we're talking about now and how you kind of have to start doing it for yourself. And he talks about doing a solo audit. It's like an audit, which is so triggering because I work in audit. I'm like, no, audit, no. Uh, But he talks about how for a week or however many days you can do it for, do the things that you would normally ask someone to do with you on your own. So take a workout class on your own. Go, I mean, and a lot of the stuff you probably already do know. Like we're not, especially as we're getting older and we're beginning to rely on ourselves and believe in ourselves more. I think we kind of have a better sense. Like I think I could tell you now, things where I'm like, I probably don't like that or things that I think I really like. It's clearer. So I think it's kind of a good opportunity to do this. But he basically says, yeah, the moments where you would normally ask someone to do something with you, going to the grocery store, cooking dishes or not cooking dishes, cooking, cleaning dishes, going for a walk, um, cleaning your room, journaling, reading a book, sitting in the park, taking yourself to dinner. Like, And then from those moments, even though they're not all necessarily certain activities, you learn a lot about yourself. Like, I can't be at dinner alone without looking at my phone. Okay, so I'm uncomfortable with the idea of being alone in public sitting at dinner, right? Or if, you know, maybe I really like cooking. Maybe I just love spending time cooking. Maybe I really like reading. Maybe I actually don't like the workout classes I've been going to, but I just go to them because everybody else goes. Who knows, right? So I think... It's definitely, that's a, that's a really interesting thing I've been thinking about a lot more. Yeah. Yeah, that is something to think about. I mean, I feel like we, especially with the dinner thing, I think I personally use my phone as a crutch mm. all the time. Yeah. It's gotten a lot better, um, I would say, in the past, like, two or three years, mm. but, like, I used to spend, like, every time I would, like, feel like no one was talking to me at a party. I yeah, would, like, go yeah, on my phone yeah, and, like, yeah. check the weather app yeah. just to look like I was doing something. <laughs> like, the weather app. Like, 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 the weather in Taiwan is yeah. stunning tonight. Like, yeah, okay. Like, and, like, I don't know. Even, like, eating food alone at the airport. Yeah. Like, I feel like I have to be looking at something. Mm-hmm. Even though everyone travels alone. It's not that yeah. big of a deal. Um, obviously, like, like I said, I've gotten a lot better at this in the past few years. Yeah. But I do think just... 
everyone in general kind of uses their phone as like a crutch yeah to not like face these like uncomfortable feelings of being alone um was it you that was telling me about someone that locked their phone away for seven days? No. <laughs> oh. Okay. I was probably reading. Okay. <laughs> but I love that you think it was me. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I feel like, okay, someone was telling me about someone that, like, locked their wow. phone and email away for seven days and, like, forced themselves to be alone with their thoughts. Maybe it was one of my coworkers. Um, and came out, like, a completely wow. new person because they had to, like, think about every every thought that came to their mind they yeah. couldn't just distract themselves by opening up like an app um and apparently it was like very like helped them like heal through trauma and wow. stuff because they well, would I think imagine. about like, bad things and they didn't have like anywhere yeah. to escape to well it was again not to quote jay shetty love him i was telling you it was similar to like when he did it at the event and he put her in a box and stuff and took yeah. her phone for but it was only for 15 minutes okay and he basically said i want you to meditate on this idea because you know he picked someone from the crowd who said they were really uncomfortable yeah. not looking at their phone put him in a box and basically put them in a box (laughs) he basically put them in like a pseudo cave to meditate and said the question i want you to think on is what's something in your life that matters to you that you've been devaluing lately and i just immediately that's such a powerful question in and of itself how many people can actually sit for 15 minutes without their phone without a podcast playing without music playing without their friends around them and think and reflect and have the self-awareness and, you know, the commitment to actually think and be honest with yourself about why you're feeling a certain way. And, like, yeah. I've been devaluing nature lately. Yeah. Or I've been devaluing my alone time. Or I've been devaluing my own opinions. I think that's so powerful and such a cool thing to do. Um, I don't remember what we were talking about yeah. before this. Me either. I really want to do one of those, like, um, floating pods, the salt Ooh. pods. Oh, Have where you, heard you about lose those? all your senses yeah. or whatever? Yeah. It's like a sensory, like, yeah. desensitizing yeah. thing. Um, just to see what would happen. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. Yeah. Oh, we're just talking about our phones. Oh. But I think, oh, and he, he was talking about a study, too, where, like, they asked a bunch of people, would you rather be alone with your thoughts for 10 minutes or would you rather be given an electric shock? Like 60% of men said electric shock and I think 30% of women or something like that, which is a lot of people. Yeah. That is like one in three or two in three people are afraid to be alone with their thoughts. Yeah. And I think because of our phones and how easily accessible technology is, it's just harder to have to think about all these things and kind of what we've been talking about. Like to go to work, think about your insecurities. No one wants to sit there and be like, what am I feeling insecure about? Yeah. Why am I feeling insecure about it? Like, what can I do better? What do I have to do today? Everything that's running through your mind. Why am I feeling anxious? What am I tired about? Oh, that person's bothering me. Why are they bothering me? It's your mind goes so loud and so fast all the time. Yeah. But I think the benefits of actually sitting with how we're feeling will transform us into just completely different people. Yeah. I feel like it's it's human nature to try and find an escape mm. from uncomfortable situations, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like yeah. it's like fight or flight. Like yeah. you're running away basically by distracting yourself. <laughs> um I do think it's like important. I've been trying to so I have a dog a for dog. the podcast. Um I've been trying to like take Who him she on looks walks. exactly alike. Yeah, we're literally twins. <laughs> I want to enter a dog lookalike contest, but back to the phone thing. Stay I think posted. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm very like lucky to have him at this phase of my life because like I try to like leave my phone at home when I walk him, um, and like 
because I have to walk him every day. Like, I have to, like, kind of get outside in nature, even if I yeah. don't really want to. Yeah. Um, and I think that's honestly been really great for my mental health because it's, like, even if it's only for, like, 30 minutes or an hour, like, I'm not looking at my phone and, like, I'm outside yeah. in the world no matter no matter how I'm feeling. I could be having the worst day of my entire life and I still have to go spend 30 minutes outside yeah. even if I don't want to at all. Yeah. And I think that's, like, been huge for my mental health obviously I'm not alone with my thoughts because I'm you know walking my dog yeah but you're you're taking time for yourself yeah you're not on your phone scrolling yeah I'm not you're in nature yeah I feel like I'm not answering to anyone else is what it is like they're I'm not like you're also just disconnecting yeah I think just the power of disconnecting and not being readily available you're saying I'm taking this break and whatever's happening on Instagram with my friends with my family whatever is going on it will be there in an hour but for this hour I'm taking the time to go be in nature, to take care of my dog, to, to be with your thoughts. Even mm-hmm. if you're thinking about the people down the street or there's yeah. something crazy happening on Lombard. You're yeah, it's at better least, than your phone. Yeah, you're there yeah. with yourself and how you're reacting to it in yeah. that moment, you know? Yeah, that's but, a good way to look at it. Yeah, I think that's a... <laughs> it's just trying to be positive. I'm just <laughs> trying to do my best. Um, I wanted to ask you about kind of transitioning into like family. Yes. So you're parents just moved to japan like yes. a year ago six months ago um, like six months yeah okay in like august of 2022 yeah so that's a far way away yes japan and you're going Pretty to visit far. them soon yeah for two weeks yeah are you excited i'm very excited i haven't been to japan since i was like maybe in like early high school maybe yeah uh so it's been like six years i used to go so i grew up going for like a month every year because Mm -hmm. my mom is from japan and she would always go you know stay with her parents and stuff uh once my grandparents passed away and then i went to high school and was like always busy with sports i didn't really have like two weeks or a month out of the year to go but now that i'm like a working adult and like i have a lot of pto um i can like get into a cadence of going again which i'm really excited about yeah yeah how do you feel about going like, only positive things. Only positive? Yeah. I think, obviously, when you stay with your parents for two weeks, there is, like, oh, my God, I'm going to yeah. regress back into, like, my evil 15-year-old self. <laughs> but I feel like, even if that happens, like, I'm more so excited because I haven't seen them for so, so long and I haven't been to Japan in so yeah. long. Like, there's more good than bad to look forward yeah. to, if that makes sense. Do you have any... Remind me, did you grow up, like, speaking Japanese? Yeah, so yeah. I used to be, like, fully fluent. Okay. Um, when we would go, when I was younger, my mom's friend from her childhood was a teacher at, like, the local elementary school, so she would just nice. send me to her class because she was like, I don't want to deal with Robin during that. <laughs> um, and I, so I would, like, go to, like, elementary school there and, like, learn to read and write and speak and stuff. I've definitely lost, like, 99.9% of that. But I feel like as I start to go again, because my plan is to go for like I'm going for two weeks this time I think in the future I'm going to go twice a year for maybe a week and a half at a time I think two weeks is a bit too long to take take away from like my normal life um but since I plan on going like twice a year regularly I feel like I'll be able to get it back because there's no way I just lost an entire language in my brain I can still like do basic reading like I can read the alphabet okay uh but that's like basically it right now (laughs) that's good I (laughs) no do you have any like anxiety or nerves about going back to japan just having like not been in a while or are you just excited to reconnect and i'm more so excited Mm -hmm. i think like it's obviously like hard being away from my parents like so far away but i've always been very independent like i went to school like not in the same state 
Um, I love my parents, but we're not super, super close. So it's not like a crazy huge deal that I don't get to see them yeah. all the time. Um, I think... I honestly think this will actually help more because now it's like I have to prioritize seeing them over oh. other things, if that makes sense. So I have to put in a lot of effort to go to Japan, obviously. Like, it's yeah. a long flight and stuff. But I feel like going for, you know, if I'm there for two or three weeks a year, honestly, that's more time than I spent with them when they were in Sacramento. Yeah. And I was living here because it's so easy to be like, I have other things to do. I don't want to drive up to my parents' house. Now that I have to, like, physically yeah. put in time, effort, and money to go see them, and I'm going to get into a regular cadence of it, I feel like it'll... I'm almost going to spend more time with them than yeah. I would if they were still in, in California. Yeah. Do you ever get moments where you just really miss them? Um, it's okay if you don't. <laughs> yes. I think more so than, like, missing them, sometimes I'll have moments where I'm like, oh my god, like, I'm, like, completely alone. Yeah. Like, obviously we have such a great supportive friend group, yeah. but, like, I'll, I have to be, like, already in mental breakdown territory for this sure. to happen. Sure, But there's been a few times, like, maybe, it's, I think it's happened, like, twice where I've, like, cried because I'm like, oh my god, like, I'm literally completely alone. Um, like, obviously, like, I love my parents, but again, we're not that close, so it's like, I... I count them as my support system, but I don't tell them everything about my life. Yeah, so sure. I think I'm kind of, you know, missing that closeness. Like I've just yeah. never been like, oh my God, I'm going to tell you about my dating life. Yeah. So I think I've kind of missed like having that part of a support system. Mm-hmm. Also, like my parents are older, not to be super depressing. My yeah. parents are older than normal parents because my mom had me when she was like 39 and my dad is like seven or eight seven or nine years older than her I can't remember so like I am conscious of the fact that like I don't have that much time left with them like especially compared to like parents who had their kids at like 20 sure um so even though that is a very sad thing to think about to Mm -hmm. be like oh my god like my parents are in a foreign country and like I saw this graph that was like the time you spend with your family and it was like when you're a kid like you're together all the time and then you go to college and then you only see each other once a year and then, like, you, as an adult, like, you grow apart and only see that on Christmas. So, like, it's, like, 99.9% of the time you spend with your family happens by the time you're 18 wow. or something like that. Not Ooh. 99.9. Like, it's, like, 80 or something <laughs> like that. Probably a lot. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So, just thinking about that is definitely kind of, like, saddening. But, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like that's a part of life and that's yeah. part of growing up. And, like, yeah. I do have, like, a really great life in San Francisco. And, like, I am, like, a very happy and satisfied person. Yeah. Um... But, yeah, I think it, that that fact, like, just thinking about that fact, even though it's sad, kind of makes me more motivated to be closer with my parents yeah. and, like, go visit them more. Um, so I think all around good things. Yeah. But, yeah, I do get lonely sometimes. Yeah. I ask just because I think there are a lot of us, especially in our friend group, I mean, and especially our age of people, there's a lot of people who are living in the city, who are away from home, yeah. who... You know, and I think there is that desire to really be independent and to prove that you can be on your own. And then also just sometimes though, it's like, oh, I just miss my bed and I miss like my family and I I miss having someone to just cook for me and stuff. And and I think that's kind of how I feel as well. And then, and then I'll sometimes feel, I have a really good job of, I have a really strong ability to kind of disassociate from the people I'm not physically around. Yeah. It's really easy for me to just for 
not forget about them because I really, really do care and love the people that I'm close to, but it's easy it's to just kind of, I'm not going to talk to them yeah. every day, right? Because I'm not going to be like, I went to the office today and had oatmeal for breakfast and had sweet green for salad and came home and then Robin and I recorded a podcast. That's my day. I think that's so boring. I hate yeah. talking about that. Like, but then sometimes I feel really guilty because I'm like, I haven't talked to my parents in, I don't know, a couple weeks. I've been better lately with my mom and stuff, but I'll be like, I haven't talked to my sister in a month, you know, or I haven't done this. And then I kind of feel bad. Yeah. But I don't want to feel bad because, and I, and so I like what you just said, kind of thinking like when I do, when I do see my family, I'm, I prioritize them. Yeah. And I feel like it's just like part of growing up is growing apart, not apart, like it's just not being able to have the time to talk to people every day, you know, like even my college roommates, for example, I had a great FaceTime with them last night, but I, and like, they're still like my best friends, like, but I honestly don't talk to them that much because there's not that much to update them on, if that makes sense. And they are really, they're far away. They're in Texas. So it's like, I just don't have as relatable of a life. So it's hard for me to text them and be like, oh my God, this is what I need to say. One, I don't have time. Two, it's not like relatable. So some people, like, I think the relationship just progresses to where you only like talk on the phone, like yeah once every few months or something and like i still feel equally as close to my college roommates they're just not they're not near me and i don't talk to them as much but like i know when i do see them when i talk to them like the the relationship and the friendship is still there and like i know they will like always be my friends i'm just not gonna always talk to them because like that's not it would be pointless to be texting them all the time no that does and i think that's a good reminder too yeah we're allowed to grow and be you know, people and relationships come and go. And I think it's cool too, that there are just people out there who know us at such different stages of our lives. Yeah. You have your high school friends. I have, I think two friends from high school that I talk to twice a year, three times a year, and they know the high school version of me. Right. And then I have my college friends who have, who saw me go through a lot of stuff and change. And some people I probably am not close with who have bad impressions of me from when I used to be really annoying or whatever, you know, like there are people out there who probably think of me as the 17 year old version of myself or 19 year old version of myself. And then I have, you know, my closest friends from college and you guys and new coworkers and you just, it's that ever growing, ever changing version. And I think we get tied sometimes to the versions of who people were or who we were, but in reality you have to let yourself grow. Yeah, and, like, you haven't met all the friends you're going to meet in your life. Like, we're going to make friends when we're, like, we're in our 30s and our 40s. And, like, you know, there's so, there's so much, you know, big life moments that we haven't experienced yet. And, like, big changes that are going to, like, completely alter who we, like, see on a daily basis. Yeah. And, like, I feel like we should just try to look forward to it rather than being scared. But I do get overwhelmed a lot, I will say. Really? Just, like, the concept, like, going back to when we're talking about like being lonely I feel mm-hmm. like more than lonely I get overwhelmed yeah just with adulthood in general yeah because sometimes I'm like oh my god like I have to pay taxes I feel like I'm on my own phone plan like this sucks <laughs> like, taxes. yeah no. <laughs> taxes tax season did not go well for Kira no, unfortunately <laughs> sometimes feeling lonely I do sometimes feel overwhelmed just because there are so many things like we have to deal with as adults but I do think it makes me like more compassionate to people because Mm. I'm like we're all 
we're all like growing up like for the first time ever none of us have done this before yeah and like even with like parents and stuff like realizing like okay my parents have never been parents before yeah like everyone around you is navigating like like their life for the first time none of us like actually know what we're doing yeah which is a scary realization i think especially when you're younger you're like oh my god the people that are older than me don't have all the answers either but there's also like a lot of camaraderie and being overwhelmed i think yeah because like yeah this sucks that i have to like pay like i don't know i have to pay my verizon bill and i don't want to i don't want to pay this money (laughs) and like it's very overwhelming to me to like deal with being an adult but like knowing that like our friend group is all going through this and like thinking about the people before us that have gone through this like it's a very collective human experience which makes me feel a lot better i do this really creepy thing like i love walking I don't know why I love walking around and like looking in people's apartment windows because like, <laughs> people are going to be like serial killer alert on this podcast, but it makes me think like everyone with your binoculars, yes. Robin and you, like, hello you, glass, like, <laughs> but, like I always do it because then I think every single person in this window thinks that like their day was the most important yeah. day ever. Yeah. It makes me feel a lot calmer because I think about the concept that like, Everyone in this city, in this world, is experience is like going at it like, you know, for the first time ever. None yeah. of us have like lived this life before, yeah. and it makes me feel a lot calmer. Like there's not as much pressure on everything, and like yeah. when I'm like briefly looking at people's windows, I'm like, okay, these people are literally like living a full entire yeah. life that I know nothing about, yeah. my life is not that important. Yeah. Like, whatever bad thing happened to me, like, is actually mm. not that important because there are millions of people in this city that are living their complete own unique yeah. lives and, like, think that, like, we all think we're equally important. But in reality, like, there's just... It's all, like, zooming out. Back to yeah, zooming out. It's like, there out. are just so many other things happening that don't involve us. Yeah. And I think when I get overwhelmed, like I was talking about, it's helpful for me to think about all the other people in the city in this country in the world, the world. that are just like doing their best no and i think that that's a very gentle reminder to ourselves um i got distracted because i lost my train of thought yeah, since i was singing it's a small world after all what did you just say you said you're talking about uh, I was how saying how looking like at people's every, windows. Yeah, looking everyone, at people's windows. Yeah, I'm actually a stalker, but everyone's doing their best. You know, like everyone is trying so hard, no matter yeah. where you are in life, like what, like no matter where you started from yeah. or like where you are right now, everyone's just doing their best. That's what I was gonna like, say. That's yeah. such a reminder of literally why we're trying to do this podcast yeah. because I think I feel so much less alone when I text in our group chat and say like is anyone else having a bad day or is anyone else like feeling this specific way or is am i is any did anybody else do this or whatever you know or even with my friends when i say i I call my friend katie and i'm like i'm having a really bad day and she's like i'm also having a really bad day and almost that solidarity of knowing like what you just said that we're all going through this and genuinely just doing the best that we can to exist on this planet because we're tiny little humans yeah it just it makes me feel less alone. Yeah. Like, we all experience, like, very shitty things. Yeah. Like, losing people, losing friends, breakups, and stuff like that. I think the one, like, silver lining that I try to return to is, like, everyone... Even though everyone's experience is different, everyone has been, like, heartbroken. Everyone yeah. has, like... Most people have, like, lost family members. Like, even though 
you can't compare experiences it almost makes me feel better to know that like no matter what happens like you're really not alone like as alone as you think you are Mm. like when you you know lose a friend you're like oh my god this is the worst thing to ever happen to me I am so alone like all this drama is happening no because there are millions of other people in this world that have also like gone through friendship breakups or like regular relationship breakups like you can't compare situations but you can think like it's it's like you have way more of a community than you think you do community yeah i love that that's so wholesome yeah Well, we have been at this for oh my god, it's for a while. This is good though. This is like the easiest conversation ever with oh, you. I love this. Thank you. Um, I feel like we should end with a few just fun questions. Okay. What is you joined a book club recently? Yes. Can you tell us about a great book that you recently read that you would recommend? Yeah, I recently read Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. It's about this like um, Caribbean family. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but basically, it's like. <laughs> Caribbean family, one of the family members uh, migrates to England and the US and it basically talks about like family trauma, kind of told through the theme of like this black cake, which is like this traditional dish that they make in like the islands that she's from. Um, It's one of those books that's told from multiple people's perspectives. I I really like books like that. So I really enjoy reading it and like um it it touches on some heavy concepts like yeah. race and generational trauma but like the way the book is written it's like very easy to read mm-hmm. i feel like a lot of books that touch on heavier topics are like you know you need to prepare yourself to read yeah. them but yeah. this one is like it it feels lighthearted to read but the yeah. topics it it discusses are like actually like really impactful i love that thank you for sharing um what's one thing you want to do for your mental health this weekend this weekend or I guess in the next few days it's just Thursday when we're recording this so yeah I feel like one I have not I've been eating a lot of okay I should be I'm allowed to eat whatever I want I can eat as much sugar as I want but I do know that when I eat a lot of sugar it really makes my tummy hurt and it makes my skin break out and I want to just get back in like a normal routine of Mm -hmm. You know, having like only like one or two desserts a day instead of eating like an entire bag of Sour Patch Kids at work because mm. my work provides like a lot of snacks. The snacks at work yeah. are brutal. Yeah, they get you. So like, <laughs> that's more so for my physical health, mm. not my mental health. Um, so maybe one thing for my mental health. Um, I haven't been on a run in a while, and I okay. really like to run. And the weather seems like it'll be cooperating. It hasn't been for the past week because we've had like another like flood or whatever. Um, so I, I want to go for a run in the next few days mm-hmm. and just like regulate my tummy because all the sugar the is tummy, making it hurt. The tummy problems. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. And what's one thing you're grateful for today? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this earlier. Um, I mean, I think the weather today has been very nice Mm. not to choose something superficial like weather but the weather today has been very nice and the past week it's been rainy and stormy Mm -hmm. so I think just having a little break and like you know I got to look at like all these nice views on my way over Mm. here and like it was you know nice and sunny to like walk around and get coffee at work like I took a little walk um at lunchtime and I think just having a little break in the rain I'm very grateful for I love 
that is. That's so special. Aww. Well, Robin, thank you so much for being oh, on the Absolute Podcast. I think this is a nice little creative outlet for us. Yeah, I'm proud of us. And, you know, for anyone listening, hopefully we'll be back soon. We'll be trying to be more consistent, but we hope this episode was great. We hope you learned a little bit about being a corporate girly, about... You know, what to do when your family's far away, about all the feelings that you're allowed to have because we are multifaceted people (laughs) and everything in between, just being someone in your 20s trying to figure it out. So thanks for listening. Thank you, Robin. Of course. And we'll see you soon.